Good morning. morning. You know, while we are worshiping, I was just thinking about how incredible it is that, like, we're actually worshiping God. Like, we're actually worshiping the one who spoke the entire universe into being. That's who we're worshiping. The one who creates simply by speaking words. I mean, out of nothing. I mean, I could not create a blade of grass out of nothing. Yet the God that we're worshiping right now, that we're singing to, that we're leaning into his word, and yet he, he knows us, he knows everything about you. He knows the good stuff, the bad stuff, the stuff you try to hide from other people, but he still loves you and pursues you. Uh, what an opportunity it is, and what a, what a blessing. It's beyond words to be loved by God like that. Um, hope you appreciate it. I need to appreciate it a whole lot more than I do, and appreciate all the blessings that he's given me. So, so much that I don't deserve, right? I mean, we, we're here in our freedom, right? We have the ability to come here and worship. Um, no one's bursting through the doors, right? You know, we're not afraid uh, of anybody coming in here. Most of us have food and clothing. Uh, we are so blessed. And then you throw on top of that forgiveness of sins and access to the throne room of God. It is ridiculous how good he is to us. In just a couple of days, Jesus is going to be arrested, beaten, and crucified. But today... He's in the temple courts, and he's teaching the people, and he's answering questions that the religious leaders are throwing at him, trying to trip him up. But, you know, these narrow-minded religious men were no match for the wisdom of God. And Matthew records these words in Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law and the prophets hang on what? Hang on love. The greatest commandment is what? Love. Love God and love people. I understand nothing is more important than love. Nothing. And God the Son could not have made that any clearer than he did that day in the temple area when he answered that question just a few days before he would demonstrate that love by pouring his blood out on the ground and staining a cross with that blood. Love is more important than what you say, than what you do, than what you give, than what you accomplish, than what you know. Love is the greatest commandment. In fact, according to Paul, In Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through buying a t-shirt and a bumper sticker or a coffee mug. No. It's faith expressing itself through through love. And so here's the deal. Like, if you you miss this, if, if you miss living out God's kind of love, you've missed the entire point of your existence. Love is that important. And that's why we're spending 10 weeks talking about God's kind of love, unconditional, sacrificial, unfailing, giving, generous, and enduring forever. And that's why I I strive each week to to make these teachings very practical. I mean, each week we talk about it, and then I lay out, here are some steps, here are some things that we can do to grow in God's kind of love. On October 20th, we talked about developing your macrothumia, right, developing your patience, Become proficient at BRP, you know, breathe, 
Remember God's patience and pray. Create some margin in your life. Make allowance for other people. Don't sweat the small stuff. Laugh a lot. Stay connected to God. The week after that, we talked about unleashing kindness on your family and friends, on someone who cannot return the favor uh, when it may not be deserved. Unleash kindness, not niceness, right? There's a difference. We talked about how to put out the flames of envy, right? Stop comparing and start enjoying. Love loves grace, right? Grace to other people and grace to you. If you start celebrating the good stuff that happens in other people's lives, you'll be celebrating 24-7. And keep trusting in God's goodness and God's plan for your life. And uh, last week, we talked about how, that, how we can deflate pride in our life by pursuing humility. Uh, practice giving up your rights to others. Practice learning from others. Practice admitting when you're wrong. Practice doing good deeds in secret. And practice living in awareness of both the greatness of God and the wonder of the cross. Now that is some very practical things. And, and, and so just ask yourself, have you done anything, right? I mean, it's great that we're in here, maybe even fill out our outline, but have you taken any of these steps, right, to live out God's kind of love? I hope you have and hope you plan on doing it some more, right, reviewing these things. And listen, being practical is why we have these two walls up front, these two love is walls where people are putting on these little post-it notes some acts of love that they've done. Like, I'm just going to read a few of them, right? And you, you don't put your name on them. You don't put the person's name on them. It's not about bragging about you. It's not because I'm ordering you to do this because I'm the pastor, right? No, it's to do what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24. Let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. Someone, someone wrote this, took flowers and food to a recovering neighbor, checked in on her daily in, in person and through text. Someone else wrote, forgave someone for what the world would say is unforgivable. Someone else put, I bought a meal for a homeless man. Someone else said, I helped a single mom get a car. Someone else wrote, I admitted I was wrong in my behavior without making excuses. Well, that's good. Uh, someone else wrote, I helped someone put bags into their car. And I'll encourage you to read those things, right? And maybe you go, you know what? I, I could help a neighbor out, right? Let's spur one another, right? And so write those posts notes. Read them when you go by. That's why they're there. We want this to be practical, right? I mean, hearing the word is awesome, but doing the word is awesomer-ner. <laughs> awesomest this, this, okay. Awesome sauce, okay. And if we build our lives on God's kind of love, We'll be transformed, right? We will. A selfish, self-centered person will enter the cocoon of God's truth and a selfless, other-centered person will come out. And, and, and the really awesome thing is when, when God begins to group together a bunch of people who are really trying to live out God's kind of love, Look out, because a movement will be created where God's kind of love will reign in us and flow out from us into this world that he so loves in ways that are beyond what we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And the world will know that we really are his disciples by the way that we love. Now this morning we're going to look at four words that Paul paints on the canvas of love in 1 Corinthians 13. Love is not 
Rude. Love is not what? Rude. rude. Hey, when someone's been rude to you, if you ever want to ask this question, go. Go. Be so rude. Don't you know I'm human too? Why you gotta be so rude? Anybody ever heard that? Why you gotta be so rude? I want to drive that into your heads. I want you singing it all day long. I want it to keep you awake at night. So remember what we're talking about. The word rude is the word askehemeneo. Askehemeneo. It's two words. It's schema. And that means a form or a plan. And in Greek, when you ever have the alpha, the A before a word, it means the opposite. So askehemeneo, rather, would be without form. To behave in an unseemly, unsuitable, improper, or unbecoming way. Now here here are some various translations have, have worded this, translated it. Love does not dishonor others. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love does not act improperly. Love is not rude. And from these renderings... Uh, we can begin to get a picture of what Paul is trying to say is love doesn't act improperly or dishonorably or indecently. Love doesn't behave in ways that are ugly. Um, lo- love doesn't needlessly offend or act bluntly or crudely. Love does not behave gracelessly. Love is not rude. Raise your hand if you've ever been t- treated rudely. Okay? If so, like, how did it make you feel? Like, 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 did it, like when someone was rude to you through the words and actions, did you feel valued? Did you feel happy? I mean, was there a bunch of positive vibes just flowing all over you? And would you say, hey, I really, my goal this week, I really hope I get treated rudely a lot more this week because it just, it just builds me up so much, right? So I think we all understand the impact that rudeness has, right? Then why do we have to be so rude, right? You know, why, why, why do we do that to other people? Here's some quotes about rudeness. I like this one right here. It'll come up in just a second. Okay. More than a second. It must be really good. Oh. Did I skip something? Are those pictures in there or not? They're not there. All right. I got to take my glass of 3Ds. Here's one. I take my glasses off to read. Some put them on. Some like, uh, some say potato. Some say potato. It's all the same. Okay. Rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. Here's one. It, my, it has a picture of Snoopy laying on his doghouse with Charlie Bannon leaning after him. The less you respond to rude, critical, argumentative people, the more peaceful your life will become. Never respond to rudeness. When people are rude to you, they reveal who they are. Not who you are. Uh, don't take it personally. Be silent. And this last one, frankness is usually a euphemism for rudeness. Love is not rude. And, and the way I, I want to look at this facet of God's love is, is to unpack two statements. You know, why should we treat everyone with respect, which is the opposite of rudeness, and how can we become a more respectful person? Before we do, two quick announcements. You know, one of our core values as a church is, is to engage our culture in relevant ways. And in fact, uh, 
The word engage is part of living a life on mission, right? We belong, we grow, we serve, and we engage. We engage our community. Uh, two opportunities coming up um, um, this season. One is toy lift. I don't know if you ever heard of toy lift. This is what we're doing for the, for the Christmas season. And, and uh, I got a, a beautiful picture in my notes that didn't make it to your screen. Um, uh, but a guy named Tom Powell does this. You go to toylift.org, right? And 30 years ago, on the street corner of the bucket, he started, hey, kids need toys. Well, it's grown to the point 30 years later where there's 5,000 kids have signed up to get toys uh, this year. It takes 700 volunteers. And, and uh, you can go on the website and you can click on it and they'll take you to Amazon and here are all these toys that are listed. Um, and you can also click on their website, toylift.org. I'll send it out on my email where you can volunteer to help collect toys, help sort toys, help set them up. And then they take those toys and they deliver them to the local elementary schools and they go out to the children who have requested them. Uh, they have a need for uh, 700 bikes. You can donate $75 and go towards a bike. And, and uh, a great ministry. We want to partner with them. We don't need to re- recreate the wheel. We can just get in what they're already doing. And, and uh, um, check that out, please. That's what we're doing this year. Um, you have to have the gifts by that Friday, the first Friday in December. If you bring your gifts here December the 1st, right, you have two weeks, you bring it here, you know, we'll take them down there. But I would encourage you to look at it. If you have a family and children, maybe to sign up to volunteer for a couple hours to collect these toys um, for the Christmas season. Number two, um, something that, that uh, we're going to be doing as a church that involves our community. Um, I, I, yeah, I've met several times with, and took a tour, but with the uh, prison chaplain and the county jail. And uh, one of the things I've been led to help with is to encourage the correctional officers. Um, it's low pay, 12 hours a day, high stress. Uh, would anybody really want to do that job for 12 hours a day? I, I, you know, there are ladies who work in pods with 75 men, and they're all by themselves, you know, taking nothing but abuse. And the way we're going to encourage them, he said, be helpful, we're going to start twice a month, beginning next Sunday, if you want to um, uh, partner with me on this. My phone number, if you don't have it, is 434-284-1057. You know, you can text me if you want to say, hey, I, I want to be a part of this next week. We're going to take cookies and brownies, desserts. And I'm going to take them to the chaplain next Monday. And so in their break room, you know, they'll have this thing from Maple Grove Church with a note saying, hey, we appreciate what you do. And the chaplain said, you have no idea how much that will mean to them, okay? Right, because we're the light of the world, Right. And we want to encourage people. So there's two ways that uh, we can be involved in helping our community to be better. Obviously, over there, we have these canned goods, right? You know, every month, we collect these canned goods. And, and now they go to loaves and fishes and also for children at Baker Butler who sometimes don't have enough food on the weekends. You know, they get a free breakfast, a free lunch, but they don't always have enough food. And so we're going to be helping, I think, 15 to 20 kids each month have a little bit of food. It'll take once a month. So another way that... We who are blessed so greatly can bless others in our community that need some things, all right? I'm going to pray. Father God, we love you. And God, thank you for the way you've blessed us. And, and Father God, I, I pray that uh, we'll realize that there's four to 5,000 children in our community that without the help of people, why not have Christmas presents? And God, I, it takes 700 people to pull this off. Crazy. Uh, God, I pray that you'll motivate us to give up a few hours to help our community. Um, and Lord, I, I pray for the correctional officers who take abuse, maybe even right now, God, that in some way through a cookies and brownies and cupcakes or pie or whatever, 
We can let them know that we appreciate what they do. And God, I pray that you bless this food we collected for Baker Butler and for the people in our community that are hungry. God, I pray that it will satisfy their physical needs. And God, that they'll know that ultimately all these things came from you. In Jesus' name, amen. That's some good stuff, right? Pretty exciting stuff. Love is not rude. A lady in Cambridge, Massachusetts was told by the bus driver that she couldn't smoke on the bus, so she beat him with her umbrella. A gas meter reader in Houston went to check a gas meter and was shot in the stomach with a pellet gun by the homeowner. An airline returns to Anchorage after the passenger allegedly throws a beer can at the flight attendant and bites one of the pilots. Psychologist Frank Farley writes, what's going on? We're rude and we're mean. There's road rage, air rage, cell phone rage, checkout rage, bank rage, boat rage, desk rage, and drivers even honk at people on crutches. He even says there's funeral rage, where people actually cut off and flip the bird at funeral processions. I've actually seen that one. It's terrible. As we look around and live in today's society, there's no doubt that rudeness is on the rise. I found this survey called Civility in America. Um, it was done in this year, actually. And it says that 93% of Americans feel that rudeness is a serious problem and is getting worse. Eight out of ten agree that the failure of parents to instill good manners in their kids is a major cause for rudeness. Uh, 85% feel that the world would be a better place if people would just say please and thank you more often. And when they were asked what are the contributing factors to this rise in rudeness, oh, here are the top five. Uh, um, number five was Hollywood celebrities. Number four was political and social activists, whether liberal or conservative. Uh, number three was the news media. Number two was politicians. 47% said politicians are a cause for the rise. Number one, anybody get, care to guess what number one was? Social media, right? Number one cause of, of, of rudeness increasing. And we don't need surveys, right? I think we know that. You know, I, I posted on Facebook this week, Sermon Help. This week, I'm talking about how love is not rude. Two questions. Do you think rudeness is on the rise? And what are some behaviors you've noticed that are rude? It's, I made a comment like two down. How rude of you not to answer my question about how, how love is not rude. And everybody felt, hey, yeah, it's getting worse. And they had things like inconsiderate drivers, cursing in public, um, putting your cell phone on speaker and having a very loud conversation everybody else can hear, um, not saying thank you, not saying please, not holding doors, uh, taking a close parking spot when you see an elderly person ready to grab it. I don't care, old lady, I'm getting it before you, right? Um, cutting in line in the grocery store, um, not calling and not showing up or canceling plans at the very last minute with people um, and looking at your cell phone when you're having conversations, right? And I'm sure we all have our own list, right? Um, I don't know about you, but rudeness is, can really get under my skin pretty quick. Because at the root, it, it, it's a lack of respect. You see, rudeness reveals that I couldn't care less about you, that your feelings don't really matter to me, that I'm only thinking of myself. Tragically, so many people today feel like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or whether it hurts you or, or me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to tweet, I'm going to post, I'm going to text, I'm going to email, I'm going to comment, whatever I want. But the Bible says, love is not rude. That love is not rude. And you may be thinking, okay, seriously, Paul? Like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, is rudeness really? Yeah, it is. Because like rudeness, I think it creates so many other problems, right? 
Anger, hostility, hatred, right? Misunderstandings. I mean, can you think of any example where rudeness has had a positive effect on anyone? Now, can you think of times where it's had a negative effect? <laughs> Almost all the time. And, and, and the way that I want to approach this, you know, is the way we overcome rudeness is by learning how to be respectful, right? Because that's kind of the opposite of it. Peter said this, show proper respect for who? Everyone. And everyone means what? Everyone. Love the brotherhood believers, fear God and honor the king, honor the emperor. And who was in charge at that time, by the way? Starts with an N. Rhymes with zero. Nero. Honor Nero? That's what he says, right? And respect is showing that we value others by our words and our actions. And when we disrespect them, we, we devalue them. It's acting rudely and it's a sin. It's a question we need to ask ourselves. Do people that we live with, work with, serve, go to church with, encounter on a regular basis, do they feel better or worse after they've been with you? Or after they receive some words from you, whatever medium you chose to use? You know, do the people around you, do they feel respected? Do they feel valued? Or do they feel worse? Do they feel diminished, unappreciated? I think we'll be honest with ourselves, you know, that, you know, I think we all at times struggle with rudeness, right? And sometimes we, we can be rude and not even know it. I did it this morning, right? You know, I, I like to listen to music, hype music when I'm coming into church. I'm in the parking lot, and I'm listening to a song, and I'm singing that song, and I see Courtney, and I go, hey, Courtney, because I said, I couldn't hear her, but I said hi, so I know she could hear me, and I didn't hear her, and she had her friend in from out of town, and I, I see her later, she goes, you didn't hear what I said? I was listening to music. She said, hey, she was talking to me, went and introduced me to her friend. I go, wow, I was like, I didn't even think I was being rude. I was just into some Christian worship music going to church, right? You know, so we can be rude sometimes and not even know it, right? You know, and I found out I was being rude and didn't even know it, which probably happens a whole lot, right? And so this is my issue and your issue, and as always, it's better you work on yours and I work on mine, right? Because uh, we're here to fix ourselves. You know, but besides, you don't want to work on mine. You don't have enough time to do that, all right? Um, why should we treat everyone with respect? And, and, uh, and to help this, you know, to give it more impact, I want you to think about the person that you would have the hardest time respecting, right? Like the person that you really want to unleash your best rudeness on, right? <laughs> you just want to pour it out. Like if you had, I mean, if there was a respect list, this person would be on the very bottom, Okay? I mean, you do not want to respect them. You do not want to honor and value them. And, and, well, I want to give you some reasons why you should, regardless of that. Okay? Number one, because God made everybody. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. See, every person we encounter, God said, I made him. I, I, I created her. And, and because they are created in God's image, they all deserve respect. Not maybe for what they do, but for who they are as someone made in the image of God. I, I mean, if someone disrespects something that you made or someone that you love, how does that make you feel? You go in that there and say, wow, that pasta the day you, you ladies made, that's the worst pasta I've ever had. You know, are they going to feel respected? No. Well, how do you think God feels? Well, we understand disrespect something and devalue something that he created in his image, right? I don't want to make God feel that way. Number two, because Christ died for everyone. 
The love of Christ controls us because we know that one died for all. See, you will never lock eyes on with someone that God does not love immensely. Everybody you lock eyes on is somebody that God felt was worth his son dying for. How do you treat someone with that kind of value? How do you respond to someone that is that important to God? You see, that's not just your wife, your husband, your kids, your parents, the cashier at Kroger, the person at work that drives you insane, someone living in a moral lifestyle. That's just not the person you're angry with, the person you strongly disagree with on political views. That is someone that Christ bled and died for. Get it? Good. Number three, here, here's a really simple one because God what? He commands it. Show proper respect for everyone is an imperative. It's a command, right? That means we have to respect, you have to respect your boss, your wife, your husband, your parents, your kids, your irritating classmates, your obnoxious coworker, that annoying in-law, the friend who constantly talks about himself, the person who cut you off in traffic, and the person who just sent you a rude email. See, God is never giving us permission to be rude to anyone, Instead, he's called us to love and respect everyone. Not respect. In the military, I love what they taught us, right? You respect the officer, not necessarily the person, right? You always salute the officer, right? Whether I, whether I like that guy or not, agree with the way he ran the sub or not, I, I had respected his position. He was the CO. I wasn't the CO. He was the CO. I had to respect that, right? And another reason is because it, it minimizes conflict, a gentle answer turns away wrath. It really does. Seen that happen. Harsh words make tempers flare. Seen that happen more, right? I've seen that happen more. You know, I gotta be honest, you know, inside my first instinct when someone's rude to me, oh my goodness. <laughs> I want to be rude back. And I have many times. I understand much of the conflict and problems much of the anger and bitterness and hatred between people usually begins with rudeness. When people feel like they've been disrespected, rudeness always produces hurt. And it may be a little hurt, but just like an infection, it always grows. Question, if there was less rudeness in our world, if there was less rudeness where you work, where you live, in your marriage, in our church, do you think there'd be less conflict? Absolutely. Another reason is because you always get back what you give, right? You always reap what you sow. You know, if you're a rude person, you're probably going to get rude stuff back. And you may need to ask yourself, man, all I'm getting back is rudeness. Maybe that's all you're sowing is rudeness, right? Maybe that's why you're getting it back. So everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. If you don't want other people to be rude to you, then don't be rude to them. Treat them with respect. If you want people to smile and talk to you, smile and talk to them. If you want people to say hi to you in the parking lot, pick your earbuds out and say hi to the parking lot and have a conversation, right? That's on me. And here's the next one. I think it's the hugest. Because rude Christians hurt the cause of Christ. The wise and way you act with people who are non-believers, making the most of every opportunity, 
When you talk, you should always be kind and pleasant so you'll be able to answer anyone in the way that you should. I don't think rude people really draw people to Jesus. I don't think they're the most effective evangelists. I think they tend to drive people away. When I was in college, I worked four and a half years at Perkins by Main Gate Disney. I worked there about five years. And all my unbelieving coworkers said that two times they did not want to work was after Night of Joy at Disney World when all the Christian bands come and at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, they come into the restaurant to eat and on Sundays. Why? Because Christians are mean, demanding, critical, rude, messy, and didn't tip very well. And and, and I, I couldn't change that. All I could do was apologize for it. But, but I think people in Russia should fight and say, I, I want to work on Sunday afternoon because that's the day that Jesus' followers come to the restaurant. And I know I'm going to be tipped well. I'm going to be respected. I'm going to be loved. I'm going to leave that day feeling like I have value, right? It's tragic that it's the opposite. I remember being in the ER not longer after I got here. It sticks in my mind because I was in the ER. I was having some chest pains and... and, and I feel like, man, these people are so incompetent. They're ignoring me. And I'm starting to get ticked. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to lose it. And I'm about ready to tell them how to do their job, even though I've never been in medical training. <laughs> and, and my wife goes, Laurie goes, remember who you are. Remember what you do. And remember that Charlottesville is a lot smaller than Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> That last one really got me. <laughs> I mean, it's a shame. There could be some people you work with or go to school with, they, it, because the way you talk and act, they'd be like, really? They follow Jesus? Like, you're kidding me, right? That's like a joke. Isn't that a shame? That our rudeness hurts the cause of Christ? Now, now, now how, how do we become a more respectful person? And, and what I did, I took the word respect and if you don't know how to spell respect, there's a song, <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's what God wants from me, right? R-E-S-P-E-C-T, that's what God wants from ye. <laughs> Little King James at you. All right. But respect. Here's some things you can do, really simply. Remember to stop before you speak. Stop before you text. Stop before you tweet. Stop before you post. Stop before you comment. I commented on the thing this week. Like, it was about the Patriots. I'm a Patriots fan. I, I had to delete it. I mean, within five minutes, I was cussed at. It was um, all the stuff being said about me. It's like, wow, holy days, man. You guys really hate me. You know, and I went to my Facebook feed, and I went private, friends only, because I don't want them on my wall, man, doing things. Like, man, there's a lot of hate out there. I mean, it went on and on and on, Right? You know, so stop. I'm not going to do that again, right? Uh, I thought it was safe to do, but it's definitely not. A uh, harsh word makes tempers flare. Here's some other verses. Even fools seem to be wise if they keep quiet. <laughs> if, they, if they don't speak, they appear to understand. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. Go ahead and say that to your neighbor. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> Because your wife or husband, you've been waiting to say that, and you just got permission. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble, right? 
And while you're stopping, you need to listen, right? Listen. He who answers for listening, that is his folly and his shame. He who tweets before listening, he who speaks before listening, everyone should be quick to listen. You know, are you a good listener? Would people that you know, would your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents say you're a good listener? Or there's some people in your world who might be wondering, would you just keep your mouth shut for a second and listen? Could you just take a breath and hear what I'm trying to say? And here's something else. When it comes to listening and dealing with rude people, we need to listen, try to listen to the pain that's behind the rudeness, right? Because it came from somewhere, right? There's a scene in Matthew, I mean Mark chapter 10, where there's a guy shouting at Jesus as he's trying to go by. That's kind of rude, shouting at Jesus. But Jesus listened to the pain behind the shouting. It was a blind guy, right? You know, listen to the pain behind the rudeness. I guarantee there's some pain there. There's something that caused that to happen, right? Then you need to think. There's more hope for a fool than for someone who speaks without thinking. Kind words bring life, but cruel words crush your spirit. Has your spirit been ever been crushed by words? Mine have. And you can try to shake it off and you can for a little bit, but it still hurts. Have you ever crushed somebody with your words? Just crushed your spirit. Have you ever met anybody that's proud of their rudeness? Well, I just tell it like it is. I just, and let the chips fall where they may. That's not candor, that's rudeness. That's just a weak person imitating strength. That's just sin. Uh, Paul, Paul said this, you know, as we think, he, he said this in Ephesians 4.29, 4.29, you know this. It'd be a good one, good verse for you to memorize. Every husband and wife and everybody who knows a human being in the world would be good. Not any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth or your tech devices. But only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So you think, right? And is what I'm about to say, about the write, about the comment, about the tweet, is that going to help that person? Is that going to build them up? Is that going to bring healing? Or is it just going to bring hurt? Is it God honoring? Would Jesus approve? So we think and say good words. I love this. Kind words are like honey. Proverbs 16, 24. Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Amen? The E stands for educate. 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 Uh, educate uh, your kids to be respectful. Parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. Okay? You may not know this, especially living in our culture. It's not the church's job. It's not the government's job to train your children. <laughs> Mom and dad, it's yours. It's yours. Don't, don't take what responsibility God, don't abdicate your responsibility to someone else. You know, and And you do not do your children any favors by allowing them to be disrespectful to you and rude and disrespectful to you to other people. You're not doing them any favors. That's not going to go well when they have a job someday. That's not going to help them build a healthy, strong marriage someday. 
you know, and, and you just need to do it. And if you've allowed it to go on, you know, like, like I'm a parent, been a parent for 35 years. I was seven. <laughs> but, but there's a lot of times as a parent I mess up and I have like rules and I forget about them. And I got to bring it by again. Hey, you know what? You know, I've been lazy and tired and lax and I've let things go that I shouldn't have let go. And I need to remind us as a family what the rules are. I mean, you need to say, hey, you know what, kids? Respect is a core value of our home. I've allowed you to be disrespectful to me. I've seen you be disrespectful to people at church, you know, and out in public. That's not acceptable for our family. And I apologize, you know, for, for me not doing my job. But I would encourage you to do that for your children. You, you will benefit them greatly. Amen, parents? Amen. Zero tolerance, right, for rudeness. Uh, serve others is the S. And really, serving others, it's really just basically common courtesy. What are the first, what are the first five letters in the word courtesy spell? What word? Court. Right. In, in England, back in the day, you know, um, to be courteous was to act in the way of the court. If you remember the king's family or a servant of a king, you were expected to live by a higher standard, right? To live in the way of the court, right? Higher standard. Well, we are part of the family of God and we are servants of the king of kings, right? Therefore, we are to be held to a higher standard, right? And here's just some simple common courtesy things, right? Hold the door for someone. Say thank you to people. Help someone carry something. Let someone go first. Get them a drink. Take their plate. Say thank you, please. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Listen to the person who's talking to you or teaching you without having your face buried in your cell phone. Being on time. That's very courteous. It's very rude to not be on time. It, it is rude. If, if, I, if I ever come to you and I'm late for something, let me know. Tell me I'm being rude. Tell me I'm not respecting you because that's what I'm doing. I say, you know what, my time, your time's not worth it, Bob. I know we're supposed to meet at 12, but if I get there at 12, 15, hey, no biggie. Yeah, it is a biggie because Bob's going to be there 15 minutes early anyhow. So now Bob just waited 30 minutes of his time, and, and that's just rude, right? Don't interrupt when people are talking. Oh, man, I, I do that. I'm married, right? Uh, park properly, right? Return your shopping cart, right? Little things right there. But doesn't that look rude? Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to. I have to walk 20 feet to put it where it goes. I'll just leave it in the middle and it'll run and hit a, hit a car. Right? But that's all right. I, I'm too important for that, right? Respond promptly to emails, texts. You know, as I went over that this morning, I responded to something that someone sent me. I'm like, wow, I'm writing this. I didn't even respond to this thing. Someone sent me two days ago. Well, I'm so sticking rude, right? They sent it. I read it. And I responded in my head. I do that a lot. But that doesn't count. I'll let you know, especially if it's from your wife. It doesn't count if you respond in your head. Oh, I answered that question in my head, and it was a good answer. That does not count. I promise you it doesn't. But the P, promises are meant to be kept. Um, people who promise things they never give are like clouds and wind that bring no rain. That's pretty powerful, right? I mean, when someone breaks a promise to you, do you feel respected or disrespected? That's what I love about God. Every promise he made, he kept, right? Even the hard ones, right? Cross. That was a hard promise to keep, but he kept it, right? Keep your promises. Keep your promises. Jesus kept his promises. God kept his promise, and Jesus died. And one day he's coming back to take us home. He's going to keep that promise. 
And that's one of the reasons we do communion, because of that promise. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. E, employ the Romans 12 principle. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Don't respond to rudeness with rudeness, right? As my mom always told me when I tried to have an excuse for something I did wrong, Stephen, two wrongs don't make a right. And now came the whooping, right? You know, we, we have to learn to act, not react. And predetermine our mind, I will not respond to rudeness by, by being rude. It's never right to be rude. It's never right to be rude. It's never right to be wrong, to do wrong. It's never right to be unloving. And to be rude is to be unloving. Check out this verse here. We know that we pass from death to life because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. Well, I took that and took rude in there because we know that we pass from death to life because we're not rude to our brothers. The one who is rude remains in death. Well, if love is not rude, it can be in there, right? It's not, it's not a buffet where we pick out some things. That's part of love. Right? It's a serious deal. Right? Don't respond to rudeness with rudeness. And something that will help you do that, when someone's being rude to you, it, matter of fact, it helped me recently. You know, I had to, you know, listen to the pain behind the rudeness, the shouting, and look past their behavior to their value, right? Look past their behavior to their value. They're still valuable to God. Treat people right. See? Clean up after yourself. I used to have a post in my office called All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. <laughs> I wish I could find that poster. I tried to find it this week. I could find pictures of it, but I couldn't find actual poster. I lost a long time ago. Had a lot of great wisdom. Share everything. Play fair. Don't hit people. Don't take things that aren't yours. Say you're sorry when you hurt someone. Wash your hands before you eat. Flush. Um, warm cookies and cold milk are good for you. Take a nap every afternoon. When you go out in the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. And these last two kind of deal with this cleaning up after yourself. Put things back where you found them and clean up your own mess. I mean, if, if you miss the garbage can when you're trying to be LeBron James, pick it up. When you leave here in a few minutes and, and you had some candy and you had a coffee cup and you got some nuts and you got a snot rag, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, Pick it up, right? Because someone else would have to do it, right? When you borrow something, put it back, right? I think you get my point. That, that, that's just a way of just showing respect. If you're in a restaurant and you, your kids totally trash the place, I'm not saying you got to desanitize everything, but you could clean it up a little, right? You could clean it up a little to show some respect. Instead of walking away from the table and it looked like there's been a bomb went off at the table, Right? And that waiter's got to spend 30 minutes cleaning it and misses four tables they could have had to make money to feed their kids. And now their kids are starving because of you. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not. Uh, T, treat everyone the same. God has no respect for persons. Are you? Uh, and what I mean by this one is, are there some people that you would never consider being rude to? 
and others that is just kind of like a way of life. It's almost second nature. Why is that? I mean, why would you be rude to some people and not rude to others? You need to think about that. Because if you do, you're a respecter of persons. And James says this, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus if you favor some people more than others? If you're rude to some people and you're not rude to others, right? You know, treat everybody the same. Treat everybody with respect. Love is not rude. Talk about something that's very practical. And I want to encourage this week, let's go out and be the most respectful people we can be wherever we go. When we go have a meal in here, when you have conversations, when you send texts and tweets and posts, when you go to work, when you go to school, when you're at home, when your mom and dad ask you to do something, when you ask your kids to do something, right? And here, here's the, the goal is not for you to go leave here calling out other people's rudeness. I have not, I have not uh, um, sanctioned you, right, deputized you to be the rudeness Gestapo, right? That's not what this is about. Well, you're rude. I say that for my kids, right, because I'm going to go home and they say, well, Dad, you said this about rudeness, and you're out there preaching about rudeness, and you just were rude to me. And now they can't do that, right? So that, that, that was for me, not for you. No, but seriously, right? I think we all worked on ourselves, right? If we walked in here every Sunday. How can I show respect for everybody and not worry about how, who's respectful for us? I think it would just change the entire atmosphere, right? Because that's what all this love does that we're talking about. It changes things. Just one final thought as we close. I, I, I think the, the most powerful picture of showing respect for a person or anybody is the cross. Jesus showed us so much respect and honor when he died and hung on a cross 2,000 years ago. This is how much I respect you. This is how much I value you. And that's why we take communion, right? To remember what he did. But e even in that, Jesus is respectful. Like, he will not force you to follow him. Right? If you're here today, you've never surrendered your life to him. Through faith, repentance, and baptism. He's not going to force you. He says, I love you. I died for you. I, I, I want to come into your life. I want to help you. I'll knock, but you got to open the door, Right? He won't force us. And he won't force us as believers to, to, to love the way he asks us to. He's not going to force you. He's not going to force you not to be rude this week or me not to be rude. He's not going to. He's going to suggest and say, I got a better way to live. I, I got a way to live that'll make you happier. I got a way to live that'll refresh your soul. But it's up to you. It's up to me. Whether we actually just listen to this stuff or whether we live them out. And you, you can only live it out for yourself. I can only live it out for myself. But I guarantee you, if we as a body determine to live out this kind of love, God will do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine in our marriages, in our homes, where you work, where you live, and where we gather to worship our king. Amen? Amen. Would you stand and pray with me? If you're visiting... We do communion every week, and the way we do it here, it's off to the side. Um, you'll find a tray, and that tray you'll find a cup and a, and a cracker. The cracker represents his broken body. The cup represents his shed blood. That's where we collect our offering as well. And so I just 
after we sing the song, we're going to do that. If you want to talk about your walk with God, he's not going to force you to accept him. He's not going to force you to accept his grace, but he, he does offer it to you. I'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, but let's just sing the song and worship our king.